Well, have you started the thing? <laughs> that wasn't nice. What do you mean that wasn't nice? Surprising me like that. Are we podcasting now? We're, I think we're podcasting okay. as, as you're actively moving away from the microphone. Or is this an agony's movement? It's an agony's movement. Just FYI, everyone, I'm going to need to move around a lot. So if you hear creaking of a chair and the moving sounds about for a bit, chairs, the podcast. My uh, back is a bit sore after going for a walk earlier. But it was a nice walk. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, per, per, no! Has, oh, no, wait, no. Am I doing the date? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> I did. No, you didn't. No, I, I, you did I, not. No, no, I definitely You categorically did, did not. I absolutely you said that you're not. doing the date. On, I did. You did not. Garfield, Jim Davis, 13th of September, 1978. Per. Per. Have some lasagna, Garfield. Per. Hello and welcome to The Drugs Cast, the only podcast by and for drugs. I'm your host, John Heroin, and with me as always... Well, this is a pivot I didn't agree to. Linda Ecstasy. I'm not yes-anding this. Today we're going to be in a little Ziploc bag. Are we? Well, yeah. We've got you, a breathing tube You could be a naughty mushroom. Why have I got my headphones in still? I don't know, you always do this. We saw some great mushrooms earlier today. We saw some. We went for a walk on Wimbledon Common Ooh, and we saw some brilliant mushrooms. We saw um, lots and lots of tiny, tiny little bracket, bracket funguses. Bracket. Bracket. Fungus. Bracket funguses on a dead twig. There were loads of them. Yeah. Uh, we saw tiny, tiny little like traditional mushrooms poking up from an old <laughs> Traditional trunk. mushrooms. Yeah. We saw those nice sort of brownie grey ones that were really well camouflaged. Mm. And we saw huge bracket funguses. Some horses, on an old, oof, fungus. Yeah, an old silver birch tree. And we saw some horses as well, some actual horses. We did see quite a few horses. Which I thought was pretty good. I like seeing a horse, even though they're poison to you. Yeah, they are a bit, yeah. What, what's your opinion of a horse? That's like, if you had to do like a deep dive on a horse. A deep dive on a horse. Yeah. Well, how do you mean? Like, like a law video of yeah. a horse. Like what? What's horses all about? Well, their ears are really good. Their noses are very long, and it's nice to stroke them and to make your hand very flat to offer them a polo mint or a sugar lump. That's very good. Do you get long-haired horses? Well, you get, like, fringes, don't you, on a on a Shetland pony. Oh, yeah, that's good. They're quite shaggy, aren't they? Mm. I was thinking, like, how you can get, like, a smooth cow. What? With a... what? But also a Highland <laughs> cow. I'll move that down a bit. You, you can get a smooth cow. Yeah, like most cows are smooth. Sharks are smooth as hell. Sharks are smooth. But most cows are smooth. Right. But then you get like a highland cow, which is very not smooth. Are you saying they're smooth because that's got the word moo in it? No, I'm not. I'm just saying they're smooth. They're smooth. Do you dispute that most cows are smooth? I think there's a coarseness to a cow. And Do you? Not in a, like, they're crass no, I know, kind of way. But- I, th- I think if you stroked a cow, you'd be surprised at how... They're quite smooth. I used to stroke cows. They were really friendly cows up at the um, cricket pitch where I used to take the dog for a walk. Cows at a, a cricket pitch? Yeah, it was, well, it was a cricket pitch, but it was in the middle of the countryside. <laughs> it was a cricket pitch that was also a... It was in the countryside, so there were like farmer's fields all around the air peripherals. Um, and um, there were some really, really friendly cows. You'd go and stroke their noses and they'd moo at you. No, that makes sense. That's good. Uh, I, I like a horse. I think, obviously, they're foolish. And a costly kind of creature, but I like I like their noses. I like their ears. That's very good. I don't like their feet. If you've never seen a foal's foot, don't look them up. That's some color out of space shit right there. Um, that's for listeners because I know that you. Actually, who are you and what is this? I'm Cat. Hello, it's a podcast. 
I don't like Mondays. We don't talk about Garfield until we have to. Who are you? I'm Guy. This is a podcast. It's called I Don't Like Mondays. And it's an ongoing Garfield review podcast where every week we take a look at America's favourite cat and see what hijinks he's been getting up to. Yeah, Today's what? strip comes from the 13th of September. What he said I, until that point. I really did run out of steam there. I you think. Did. I think my mouth moved slightly quicker than my brain did, and um, I could not recover. That's fair. Um, if you could have a go, like with a little riding um, saddle on mm. any animal, like, and the animal would be fine, what would you have a go on? Like a cheetah would be pretty good. Yeah, I like was a thinking big, a lion. A big whiz. Yeah. Is it because it would be very quick? Is that why you went for lion as well? Well, yeah, like quite sort of, you know, I'd it would be like, cool to go I'd for a ride on like lions. Friday the lion didn't mind. I'd quite like to ride a moose. I feel like that would be a very Theodore Roosevelt thing to do. Yeah, like an elephant, which you can ride, but you shouldn't, mm. I don't think. Unless it's like, you know, a well-cared-for elephant. Okay, if if the ferret was up for it... A ferret? Riding a ferret. Would you... It wouldn't be a scaled-up... Giant ferret or small you? Neither. But just a very strong ferret with a special saddle. Would you? Okay. Yeah, it's what I'd, okay. it's what I'd go for. I mean, I was about to say, like, what if you had a giant ferret? But that's, like... You shouldn't have a giant no. ferret. I think that would be very difficult. Hmm. Oh, excuse me. I know, it's want... fucking boring, isn't it? Sorry. This no, I'm just, I'm very, very, very sleepy because we went for a walk in the cold. Um it was quite nice. It was, we saw yeah. a series of ducks having a series of we had a great aquatic to dos. We had a great time watching the birds. There were some seagulls. There were some sea. There were some seagulls really screaming. Yeah, and there were some mandarin ducks. Hello, and there my were two seagulls really screaming. Two boy mandarin ducks who were having. Why you sit like this? Because so weird. because my feet are cold, and so um, by placing my foot in the you've not the... got slippers on, have you? No. I, yes, I do. Look, I've taken this slipper off to warm the. Uh. Fair enough. Yeah, we saw some mandarin ducks having a to-do. Mm. Uh, and then we saw some, like, I don't know, were they... They weren't moorhens, but they were similar. They're definitely sort of, you know, water-adjacent birds. Um, grebes. Possibly a grebe, but they were having... Hey, do you want to put them between my hands? My hands are quite warm. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, it's the only podcast where a man has his foot held. Um, there was um, that one of them was sort of flapping across the water, chasing the other, and its legs were going absolutely bonkers. It did look like they were trying to run across the surface of the water. It was really good. Uh, this is an unedited podcast, yeah, um, which is why you can hear Catherine yawning, and that's sorry now setting that. me off. Yeah, I'm really oh, sorry, no. everyone. Oh, welcome to the sleepy podcast. Yeah, it's going to be twenty minutes of us having a little gentle chat, and then just and snoring, then having a little nap, snoring for forty minutes. Oh, that would be quite. Oh, wouldn't it? I don't. I don't build naps into my life enough. You don't. No, you should nap I, more. I, th- I feel like I should actively nap. I'm a great advocate of the afternoon nap, mm. but there is a, an art to it. Too yeah, much. You have you have a gin yeah. and tonic. You what? You put the Antiques Roadshow on, and then you have a little sleep. No, that's a Christmas nap. Well, yeah, but that's like, that's obviously the ultimate nap. That's a Christmas nap. Um, with your um. Uh, with your standard like weekday nap, if you're working from home, you have your morning, you do your lunch break, and then you have like a little little thirty minutes on your lunch break to have a little or snooze later in the afternoon if you've got extra work to do, just a little bit of a pick me up. 
It is nice. It makes a huge difference, actually. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm more productive in consequence, but we, you know, it's not. It's frowned on to have a little nap in the office. So. We stan a siesta. I like a little siesta, don't we? It's a sleepy podcast. Just go and nap. Um, For those of you who can't see us, which is hopefully all of you, uh, we're both wearing wee willy winky nightcaps and pajamas. (laughs) Uh, I've got a little stub of candle. A stub of candle. I was about to say a stub of candle on one of the little portable uh, candle holders. Uh, We're intermittently rubbing our fists against the corner of our eyes and sort of stretching our stretching our arms quite extravagantly. Yes, like Um, it's quite Tom and Jerry. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Did Tom wear gloves? Sometimes, I guess. But I think those were his paws. You know the way that... Right. You know the way that well, no, cats... it's because Mickey Mouse wears gloves. And I was like, I was seeing, like, I was picturing Tom in my head and thinking, did he have, like, little white hands and were they gloves or were they just his paws? I've just pictured a sort of Ren and Stimpy style close-up of Mickey Mouse removing a glove. And it's just a really intricately and intimately drawn weird craggy gnarled hand Catherine is pulling exactly the right face um the mouse Catherine the mouse Mortimer what it was called Mortimer wasn't it before it was Mickey what I thought it was Mortimer Mouse before it was Mickey this feels like a big lie I'm or sure that's true. Have you just confused Oswald the Rabbit? No, look it up actually. Mortimer, Mortimer Mouse. Mortimer Mouse. Am I? Did I dream that? Mortimer Mouse, ha cha cha. Um, uh, a long-time Mickey rival. Oh. Minnie's uncle. Right. Why did I think? What was what was Mickey before he was Mickey then? Well, he was probably Willie, wasn't he? On account of Steamboat Willie. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's interesting that the Disney Corporation, well, um, large studios in general are trying to get actors to sign away rights to have their likenesses used mm. as sort of AI CG golems when a lot of copyright law exists in the state that it's in because of because the of mouse, mouse yeah. and because of their unwillingness to to let that go. I find that fascinating. Mm. A drawing of a mouse is more important than the representation of a human being. That's capitalism, baby. It's not great. No, it's, it's not. Oh, I don't like it. Like, we watched Ghostbusters Afterlife we did. the other day, and we there's going to be spoilers for that film. Harold Ramis is recreated with computers that to look older. Ghastly. And that was, was really unpalatable. Absolutely, I mean, Ill, ill-advised doesn't even begin to describe it. Yeah. It was ghastly. Sacrilegious. It, absolutely appalling. Yes. I mean, the whole film itself was just shoddy. Yeah. But... Hey, do you, do you like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Do you remember when that thing happened? Here's that thing Here's again. that thing. Here's the thing you like. Oh, look. Here's here... that thing you like. Oh, look, here's another yeah. Onion Knight. Here's a thing you recognise. Yeah. Yeah, your your theory is that the Ghostbusters Afterlife was, what, the Dark Souls 3? Dark three. Souls 3, yeah. and Ghostbusters Answer the Call, uh, which is the all-female main cast, was Dark Souls 2, mm. in the sense Explain that... Explain yourself. Well, Dark Souls 
very popular video game. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it, Catherine. With quite a unique, for its time, approach to, to gameplay to, and the gaming experience. Yes, storytelling, gameplay, so on and so forth. But, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was sort of. It was a different kind of storytelling, wasn't it? It was storytelling through piecing together. Yes, through, um, through inference and through sort of collective and very difficult gameplay. Yes, D- for, particularly for spots like me. Um, and then Dark Souls 2 was released, and it tried a bunch of things that were quite different. One of its genuine flaws is there was a stat that was quite poorly explained that basically meant if you didn't level up that stat, you would roll at the same speed that you'd roll in Dark Souls, but would have next to no invincibility frames while you're rolling. And so it would feel like... I'm. I'm Am I doing this wrong? What's going on? But then you leveled up. The, it was called adaptability. Oh, right. you, you leveled that up, and then you'd get more iframes, and it was that seems like poor design. That, did that, they did they fix it? Uh, they didn't fix it. I think the um, the sort of the the in game. I guess the justification for it was you would level up a lot more in that game. Levels and leveling was less hard to come by, so it wasn't like oh I'm I'm squandering things on adaptability. It's like well I'm. I've got levels coming out my ears. That wasn't great. However, what it did do, of completely different areas, like there's a tiny little bit that hints to one of the key items from the first game, and it's just like a little broken bit of it, unremarked upon and ignored, and it's things have moved on considerably. The game is about sort of forgetting and losing yourself, and it's this weird dreamlike kind of world. Like one of the one of the big complaints was, oh, we went up a, a lift. But we were high up and there was nothing above us. And then we went up a lift and we came out to a castle. That's cool. That's dreamlike and weird. And it's set up from the start to be about there losing are some, yourself. There are some kinds of gamers, though, who, if things are not crystal clear to them in such a way that they can write everything down in a TV tropes, and then this happens, and then this happens, <laughs> and that explains that, and that explains that, and we've pigeonholed everything into a little box because ambiguity is forbidden. Mm. Um, there are some people who cannot cope. So people pissed and moaned because it was... There was a lot of pissing and moaning. There was a lot of Even I remember some of the pissing and Dark moaning Souls discourse. And then Dark Souls 3 came out, and it was like, oh, you're being picked up by the things that picked you up and flew you to Anolondo in the first game. Oh, look, Patches is back. And I'm never going to complain about Patches, to be fair. That's great. Oh, look, there's an Onion Knight doing Onion Knight stuff. Hey, remember this? Remember this? And it, it felt like rather than doing anything new or interesting... It felt like their response to some of the vocal section of their fandom going, oh, well, that's, oh, this is different, uh, was to be like, all right, here's just, here's... Here's, here's more of the same. Here's, here's, you, you like yeah. Dark Souls, do you? And like, the gameplay's great, because yeah. it's, it's a Dark Souls game, and it's from Soft, and they're very good at what they do. But it was very pandering. Mm. And I, I think that that, as an analogy, holds up. Ghostbusters... Um, later subtitled "Answer the Call" did something different, but was its own. But was its own thing. Ghostbusters. And it, was, it was funny, and it was well, funny. Yeah, whatever um, you thought of it, it was. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. It was funny. It was the first time I'd seen like you know, women on screen doing that kind of thing. So I think a lot of men have seen it and go, oh, "I didn't get it," but they were not getting that experience. Yeah, uh, and Ghostbusters Afterlife was like, "Oh look, this is almost shot for shot." When, um, what's the name of the man who's not? Macaulay Culkin or Rick Astley? What? The man. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
Rick Moranis. Yes. Um, like, oh, it's the silhouette of Rick Moranis and oh, yeah. um, Sigourney uh, Weaver. Sigourney yeah. Weaver, but it's two different people doing it. And oh, look, they're doing that. Oh, you remember do you remember that? that bit? Do you remember that? Oh, look, the bit, here's the Stape Off Marshmallow Man for no that, reason. That felt kind of like a, a particularly egregious um, uh, example of that phenomenon. And I think I said at the time we were watching it was when um, the kid was like fixing, about to fix the car. And it was the, you know, Ecto-1 and it had the silhouette of Ecto-1 and it was covered up. And, you know, there was a little musical sting that was a nod and um, and everyone, it, it was it was like a kind of pastiche of dramatic irony mm. in that good dramatic irony is additive. Um, the knowledge that the audience has, which the protagonists on screen or on stage don't, uh, is an additive experience which... Um, means that the um, negotiation, the engagement, the sort of interplay, the dynamic between the the perceiver and the perceived um, is more than the sum of its parts. In this case, I'd argue that it was actually subtractive. So the... Um, the, the Ghostbusters car's under there. Yes, that was basically it. Yeah, it was um, that we knew what it was, but there was no... Um, there, there, there was no purpose to it being on screen in the sense of it's, it's only it's only present. The only point of its presence was as fan wank for the people who were watching. Mm. Um, and and so and as someone kind of um, so so there's no there's no dynamic there. There's no risk. There's no. Uh, sense of challenge it was as someone pointed out actually when I posted about it in in reply they were like well where were the antagonists there were no antagonists and there wasn't oh yeah there was there was like one sort of big you know there's a a big world ending thing okay fine I didn't care about it enough I didn't know enough about it it wasn't structured properly it was so poorly introduced and there were no there were no sort of uh, human antagonist. There was no, there, there was no sense there was no of Peck. urgency. There was no Walter Peck. There was no man with no dick, and and fundamentally underpinning. And I love Ghostbusters. Mm. We may have discussed oh, this it, before. It's super. It is known um, to the point that I had a Ghostbusters lunchbox when I was a child, Hell which yes. I had to get rid of because I got bullied for it. Hell no. Um, and. Yeah, I loved it. I loved both Ghostbusters films and I loved the cartoon and I, I was mad into Ghostbusters up to the point where my dad went bonkers and, you know, all such things were banned from our house for religious reasons, but still. Um, yeah, and, and, and the the whole point of the film was just, look at this, do you remember? Yeah. It's... And, and the fundamental issue with it, apart from that, was it wasn't funny. Absolutely. Ghostbusters is built on jokes. Jokes then come first and foremost. There's, there's there's plot and there's lore. Yeah. And there's there's peril and there's ghost busting. But it's all built on jokes. It's Whereas... it's blue collar workers. It's schlubs. Yeah. That's why I think the twenty sixteen one worked for me, because they were schlubs. They were schlubs. And the Afterlife felt like it was lore first. Yeah. And I, I love a bit of lore. It was I'll, fan, I'll read it was, a Warhammer it was fan wank heavy fan <clears throat> fiction. But it was, it wasn't built on jokes. There are a couple of funny bits. Notably, the funniest bit for me was when 
the original that Ghostbusters was, yeah, that turn was off. It, yeah. And the reason that that worked is they're comic actors. Yeah. They're, comed- yeah, yeah. Like, they're comedians with comic timing. Yeah. You have a lifetime of it's, being able to do that. Yeah. It's like, um, so Blues Brothers started out as a Saturday Night Live sketch, yeah, yeah, yeah. turned into a movie. That was great and funny. It's like making a Blues Brothers movie, which is intricately, at its core, about a road trip. Yeah. Or, like, the the mechanics of music that's not what that film's about that film the basis the 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 ground floor is comedy and then the peril the car chases the explosions the songs that's all built on that ghostbusters afterlife was a film of hey ghostbusters remember those things that's cool what if that was a thing have a look at this instead of jokes yeah, the films and should we, be jokes. We immediately, after finishing watching Afterlife, we then watched. We started watching the first actual Ghostbusters, and it was really fucking funny. And it's it, really some, gag heavy. There are some places where it's dated a bit, oh, yeah, obviously, of but that's because it was made in 1984. You know, everything that was made in 1984 has dated a bit. That's funny because I was born in 1984. Oh. Um, and you have dated a bit, you big tart. I have, yeah. But still, <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, it just. It wasn't funny. No. It was it was soulless. There were it a had couple no of like, charm. There were the, a the, of the, young, lines. the young actress playing the girl in the family was very, very good. Yeah. Um but I felt um there was a little bit of the I'm not like the other girls mm. about her, which I kinda thought we were getting over that now. You know, mm. if if um and I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that, you know, it, it it's not good to have um, girls who aren't, you know, stereotypically feminine on screen. It's brilliant. I love that. But Kate McKinnon already did it. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I loved her in that. And again, absolute like... lesbian icon. <laughs> Comedy performers. Yeah, in... quite exactly. Comedy performers and, who are yeah, funny people. They are the, funny women, and they, the and they knew what they were doing. It was built on comedy. There is a time and a place for like you know law wank, and that is in comics. I get give me that... give me a Ghostbusters comic and I am happy and as Larry. Stories. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me like as much hot nonsense as give, give me crossovers. Give <laughs> me all kinds of weird things. Brilliant, yes, but not for a film. If, if, I reckon if I was forty, oh look, I've just realised we've got a, um, a drawing of Ecto One. We have and Slimer. If yeah. if I he's looking pretty cheery, isn't it? Has he just nicked something from Ecto? I think he might have nicked something. If, if I'd something. watched that film when I was fourteen, I reckon I'd have really enjoyed it. Yeah, but it, even then, it wouldn't have been it, a comedy. It, it would did, have been it, a. It does fourteen-year-olds is... a disservice because there can be so much better. Are we are we back to the Mario film? Not the yeah. not the good live-action film Mario, With Luigi Mario, but the the recent one, which was it was fine. It looked beautiful, and it was incredibly bare bones because they didn't need to make need it to, no. interesting or anything. What they all they needed to you do, and they knew it. Was, and it was, here's, it was fine. here's a Mario it was Kart. Fine. Here's here's some jumping. Yeah. Here's this, and it would make more and money than you know anyone what? could ever spend. For, if if you are six years old and you love Mario, and all you want to see is things that look like Mario on the screen, brilliant, good for you, fine. But you can why why should we settle for just fine when we can have great? Yeah, you you could have had. Hey, look, that's a thing from Mario that I remember. While also doing something, while also telling a more interesting a more fun story. story. Yeah, and I. I don't know, I, we must have talked about this on the podcast before, but it just made me quite quite sad because, like, it clearly wasn't a low-effort production. No. It looked 
incredible. The Ghostbusters. No, the, the, Mario. the Mario. Yeah. It looked incredible, but it feels like they were like, well, this, that's enough now. All, all we need to do is this. Yeah. I, I feel, the more I speak, I, the more I think I've said this. It felt to me like what a parody YouTube video from 2013 would have been. Of like... This is what the, a Mario he, film here's the, like, like. Here's yeah. clips from the Mario film. Yeah. And, you know, something that a, that a talented hobbyist would have put yeah. together. Because then it would have had a Smash Brothers style fight with Donkey Kong. It would have had a... Um, Rainbow Roads Mario Kart bit. It would have had a platforming section. It would, and it just felt like a series of set pieces of being shown. Like, look at this. You like that? Here's some jangly keys. Yeah. Here you, you like this? You know what this is? You know what this you is? You like this, don't you? Give us your money. And like, I, you know, I, I, I like a bit of fan service. I'm, I'm not made of wood, but. But the the kind can, of yeah, there can be there can be texture. The, there could be the, more. The fan service for me was the bit in the 2016 Ghostbusters where Kate McKinnon got her proton pack whips out and yeah. fucking kicked ass. And I, I remember seeing you. I was you delighted. Lose your shit. I absolutely in the lost my mind because I was a little girl who wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah, and and it was for boys. And you were told you couldn't. I was told. I was genuine. I was bullied for it, and I was told it was for boys. I remember like a teacher saying, "You know, oh, why have you got? Are you sure you want that? Don't you want a Fuck nice picky by Barbie running, one or something?" Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the eighties. Yeah, of course they did. You know, and and Ghostbusters wasn't for girls. It was for boys. So when I saw that in the cinema, when I saw like women who were not there to look nice for men, I mean. Kate McKinnon was probably there to look nice for other women, which I was absolutely fine with. Um, oh, she's lovely. <laughs> but but even then, it was like just a lovely moment of like, cool, that's yeah. really cool. Hey, and look. then and then I felt in that moment what I think boys were feeling growing up watching things like He Man and yeah. Um, Here's someone who yeah. looks a bit like me doing yeah, something yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never had that before, apart from maybe Fury Road. I was going to say. Yeah. Like, Fury Road, I think, was again, probably like the, the bit in, gesturing towards it. The bit in Fury Road where Mad Max, Mad Max, where Max, Ro- well, name's Max Rockatensky. Just, just quickly, just to say, hold that thought a second, because it's just, I just want to say as well, I'd never felt that before in the cinema, um, and then to see that sort of excoriated by the usual suspects mm. showed that one of two things: either they hadn't understood at all, or, and I think what is more likely, they had understood that experience and they wanted to squash it down as quickly as possible. Mm. Anyway, sorry, you were talking about Fury Road. I don't know, just the bit in Fury Road where Max takes a couple of shots, misses, hands the gun to Furiosa, who rest, like rests the gun on his shoulder, yeah. just uses him as, as the tripod. That was so cool. Incredibly badass. And, and, when, then... and when, like, what there was a bit as well, I haven't seen it in yet, I'm like, We've watched that this afternoon. It's well good. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it on that big telly with the it's lights. It's well on the good back. with yeah. the lights on the back, um, Catherine. Oh, maybe, maybe tomorrow afternoon we should watch Fury Let's Road. Hunker down. Um, but there's a bit where um, like they're deciding what to do in the desert or something, and he just is like, "What should we do?" Just totally defers to her leadership. There's no sort of trying to wrest control. There's no automatic assumption that the man is in charge. 
It's just what, what, what and, are we going to do? Uh, Chud's complained about this. Yeah, we we talked the other day. Like I, I saw something on the internet that there's a bit where just real, ignoring the reality that women exist. Women exist. We're fifty percent of the things. conversation of, of the the population. We do things. We we take charge. We shocking, lead. shocking we, news. We, we are capable. Apparently, you're humans as I know. well. You're people with internal worlds. I know. You get you get the same kind of you go. Oh, women can't drive Formula One cars. You know, <laughs> woman drives Formula One car. Oh well, she can't do it as well as the men. Okay, give her the chances. Well, she can do it as well as the men if if women are expected to be able to do it and are given the sponsorship and are given all the rest of it. For years and years and years, it was women can't be fighter pilots because they can't withstand the G-forces, despite the fact that women's bodies are um, physiologically more capable of enduring stress and strain. We have better stamina. If so the ovary travels at to, any speed yeah. greater than 100 miles an hour, yeah. the womanly body... I should say, cis women's bodies, I should say, but also, you know, there's, there's a lot of crossover, obviously. You know, gender is a spectrum and sex is a spectrum as well. Um, but there's a... a a lot of increasing evidence that actually women's bodies um actually we're probably going to outpace men for ultra marathons because they just just keep going we're like a lot the the estrogen is just basically just the stamina hormone i'm you know wildly oversimplified but it was a really interesting article i read in like scientific american or something recently about that and about how you know women in sports um a lot of the reason why it's oh well we can't have trans women competing in sports is because they want to keep the gender separation because otherwise women are going to start beating men i, I remember reading and something yes yeah, so you know, like yeah. b- before there yeah. was like women's leagues and men's leagues blah 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 women were outperforming men yeah in a lot of cases yeah and so that distinction yeah. was made like yeah. uh, during the look, course, second some... world war women's football yeah. was was hugely yeah. popular um because there weren't many yeah. fellas about and then once that all they were banned until yeah, yeah once yeah. that all, all quietened down it, and like the fragility there it's wild, is a st- it's wild. Who? I... because it threatened the status quo and the status quo of the patriarchy has men on top um and m- people perceive um social justice as a zero-sum game the idea it's it's mm. one of the greatest mythologies of our time. Well, of any time. And I can't help. I can't help someone up without bringing me down. Yes, yeah, which is which is a myth. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. But yeah, and of course there are going to be some cases where men are going to outperform women on things. I'm never going to lift. You know, I'm never going to do a 500 kilogram squat. I'm not wild. No, I mean, but then most men aren't either. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And there are some women, uh, and you look at them at the Olympics, and you're just like. They are going to outlift ninety-five percent of men on the planet. Yeah, it, it's because there's such a huge variation in in human form. And yeah, anyway, we're, we're off on a tangent here. Astonishing news about, that women are people. I know. If we we're talking about Fury Road, what yeah, were you going to say? There was something about another. Bit. Oh, the other. So the bullet farmer. Um, what's he called? The people eater. No, the people eater runs Gas the Town. The people eater. Uh, the people eater is the, the head of Gastown, so he's the guy who looks like the BDSM banker because nothing in that film is subtle. He's the guy with the sort of suit with the nipple holes cut out and the big th- rings through his nipples. Vaguely remember. It's, I literally haven't seen and it in years. And then there's the bullet farmer who's just covered in bullets. Um, the bit where the, the people from Bullet Farm stop them, Max goes off into the distance and then comes back. Like, it's it's nighttime and he, ret- he just sort of walks up out of the desert covered in blood not his, holding a pair of boots for Nux, which like shows that he now cares for this weird little gremlin. And people are like, oh, but the one time Max did something cool, you don't, you didn't even get to see it. Like, no, that if if you consider Mad Use Max your imagination, as my like a series of sort of Robin Hood tales yeah. of you know this 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 man who's just a sort of 
wasteland wanderer, blah, blah, blah. It's incredibly cool. Like, part of the mythos. It's almost like they don't somebody... even need to show it. Yeah, so he, yeah. He, he walks away, time passes, and he comes back covered in blood that's not his, with all the stuff that he needed. That's like, very that's cool. story. That's, yeah. like, that's, this that's is, more cool than watching... This is what I mean watching... about the Chuds not wanting to actually engage with a piece. They want... They want to have a visual... Uh, well, they want to have a media experience presented to them without the necess- necessity or effort of engaging, I, I think, in I some cases. I cannot imagine that film being better if instead of that bit, the camera followed Max and it was, uh, it was a brawl. That would like, be detractive. Okay, there's, there's, there's fighting, there's detractive. some shooting, and then he... That's like... a good example of where... Yeah, it would be detractive, I think. Yeah. Because, like, that film's full of spectacle already. Like, mm. if you want spectacle, wait 30 seconds and you'll see the most impressive goddamn thing you've ever seen in your life. I don't know if this is apocryphal, and I know I mentioned this when you talked about it the other day, but I'm a... apocryphal. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure they couldn't get insurance for the stunts that Cirque du Soleil were doing with the cars, moving from one to the other with the long poles. Mm. Um, so they just did it anyway. Just did it anyway. Um, yeah, incredible film. And that, the the, the sort of scene we're making up of Mad Max going off and having a fight and then coming back. That would be tempest. that would be less cool because that happens in you can see fights in any film. You can, Whereas like, this weird wasteland yeah. like nomadic that's wandering penny, penny to the dozen for that kind of thing. You can yeah. you can see that you can you can open up any streaming app, almost close your eyes, click yeah. the button and there will be a yeah. scene oh, there's Jason of a man pun- fighting. A man. Yeah. yeah. Whereas your imagination filling it in the mystery of it. it builds on the mystery of the character. It builds on this sort of His like quasi Robin Hood yeah. figure. Oh, it's a good film. I want to watch get, it again. I want to get the um, yeah. The so Ghostbusters HDR Afterlife, Blu-ray with bad the black film. and white, uh, the black and white cut of it. That'd be fun. I'd like to see that. Yeah, Afterlife was again. If I was if I was fourteen, it might occupy the same sort of space as Casper. Yeah, but Casper had jokes. Yeah, but that oh that bit at the end, yeah, that exploitative um, presentation. Oh my god. It, it just totally... I mean, I wasn't deeply into the film anyway, but that was like... It, yeah. It's it's like the Flash movie that's got okay. um, CG Christopher Reeve no, appearing at the end. No. The, I, now, one of the worst was, examples of this that I've seen, like, ghastly with Ghostbusters. Ghastly with Ghostbusters. Yeah. Awful with... Flat, no. For bad with the Flash. Um, one of the worst examples of that that I have been made aware of is there's a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yes. Um, a man very troubled with his demons. Yeah, um, poor chap. Who really, like, it, everything that he made really sort of showed his, like, an important core of him was authenticity. Seeking out authentic experiences, authentic people. Mm. Like, there's a bit where... He goes um, fishing with some local restaurateur and discovers that the guy's just got a bloke in the boat throwing dead fish into the sea for this bloke to stab and then come up with and say that. And he sounds distraught in the narration. And what he does is he just gets absolutely blackout, shit-faced drunk afterwards because he's... like it. It's not the, authentic. The, 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 yeah. the falsehood, the... the 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 cheapness of it. it it's a it's a demeaning experience, mm. and there was a documentary made about him after his death, and they used 
a computerised reproduction of his voice to read out a poem at the end of it. That's appalling. And, like, apparently, I've, I've not, I've not seen it. The, the majority of the documentary is supposed to be very good, and I think How largely crass. signed off but, by his estate. But, but that also shows that people have not fundamentally I understood his say, work. It completely That's misses. That's so crass. For a man whose life and work was so grounded in authenticity and human connection mm. and human meaning, to make a... a, a Ghost a, a, reproduction. A this, gross simulacrum. Yeah. Yeah. To to have an that uncanny reader, golem. That's awful. Yeah. Also, I do think the Lord of the Rings movies has ruined people's pronunciation of the word golem. Probably. Um yeah. Vile. Yeah. Like particularly him and the all the stuff that he made. To have this documentary end with that, it's like, are you everyone, do you know what you're doing? Everyone should have their eyelids propped open and be forced to read Baudrillard. Uh, Umberto Eco and um, Foucault. Have I read Foucault? Yes, I think I have. Everyone should should have to, you know, <laughs> mandatory philosophy. Mandatory philosophy about. I mean, um, I I legit agree. Yeah, with that. A mandatory philosophy about the 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 self selfhood in relation to others, the notion of the simulacrum. Um, what it, what signs and signifiers, all that malarkey. We're back to critical thinking. We're back thinking. to post-postmodernism again. Mm. Yeah, we, we invariably get around to critical thinking. I was I was thinking today, and again, that's my first mistake. As yeah. you said, you know, put those thoughts back in the ocean where they belong. <laughs> get, get back in get there. Get back in the sea, thoughts. <laughs> I, I was thinking... I'm not welcome here. How grateful I am that I've surrounded myself with, like, by and large, compassionate caring, careful, like, liberal kind people. People say, like, oh, you know, Twitter's a bubble. Oh, it's just like, well, of course it's a bubble. It's. And I'm not going to wade into a shit swamp yeah, and then to, go, isn't it nice in here? To, the water's lovely. To, to crib from my own stand-up show, like, why would I surround myself with people that I don't like? It's like going to somebody's birthday party and saying, oh, I see you like all your friends. That attitude of, oh, well, you need to listen to people who have opposing ideas to you, you know, and you need to immerse yourself in cultures and things that are contrary to your own particular views, always strikes me as very privileged. I mean, I... It's, it's someone who can, e- A, easily escape those circumstances if they want to, and B, isn't materially or physically threatened by them. Now, I can say it, it is good and important to sort of... Oh, to encounter those, to, 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 to engage encounter, yeah. with them to a certain like, extent, yeah, have, but not the... to surround yourself with them to the point that you know it causes psychic damage yeah. or physical damage. Oh, I, I, I was going to say in a more positive way, like being being on Twitter and seeing voices that I wouldn't ordinarily have seen. Like I grew up oh, in, in a small yeah. mining, small former mining village. Yeah, but that's in the not that's not quite what we're talking about. No, here. but yeah. I, I just wanted to say like, yeah, like yeah. that that is a good. That's thing. different. And like today, seeing people See, hearing hearing a multitude and multiplicity of voices is important. Yes. But when some of those voices are saying, "I think that this particular group of people are not actually people, yes, and they should be systematically exterminated," I I don't want. We don't need to. Listen we don't to need that. to listen to that. We can say no and it, like shut up and see, go away. So we're recording this on the eleventh of November. Um, Armistice, are, yeah. Armistice Day. Yeah. Um, you can pause this now to have your own minute's silence if you'd like. And I was looking I at the news. I thought about my grandparents earlier. Yeah. Mm. I, I was looking at the news and seeing like video footage of far right pissed up. It's fucking National Front again. Yeah. 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 At Nazis. the cenotaph, coming out for a brawl, and that 
the the realization. Me- meanwhile, that, the protesters who are apparently going to cause the problems are streets away, just peacefully walking. Yeah, the 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 disingenuous sh- sh- sharing yeah. sharing a country with just that other people's capacity for cruelty is astonishing, mm. and like seeing these drunk, violent, coked up men gathered like just looking for a fight how 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 do you how do you get there how like how I mean, have... it has been ever thus it's just that i think one one of the other issues that i was thinking about is the, the disingenuity of our media in reporting this mm. um so our media is absolutely obsessed and and the american i think it's come partly from america but it's been happening for decades now our media is obsessed not with the content of politics or the um, the important the, the things which are important to people's lives, which derive which derive mm. from politics, but from they're they're obsessed with politics as a game. So it's not what are the policy differentials between these candidates. It's um, oh look, this candidate said this about the other person. They're going to have a bum fight, and we're more interested in the bum fight. And we're yes. asking all the questions that you know they justify this by saying. Um, you know, we're we're just asking the questions that people want to hear. You know, what do you think about so and so's bid for the leadership? No one gives a shit. People mm. want to be able to afford their shopping. Yeah, that's what people I, actually I care bought, about. I bought a sandwich and a coffee the other yeah. day, and it was nine pounds sixty. If 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 they actually started asking questions about things like, um, so uh, the, the 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 budget for um, uh, parks for parks youth centres, yeah. What you you've cut all of these services for children. What are you going? You know, what what do you propose happens? You know, we've got these issues with, um, uh, you know, lack of transport for some, for people in rural areas. What are you going to do about that? What you know, and and it's um, what, what was it? Something like um, there was some stupid thing that our local MP tweeted, which was obviously some Labour soundbite that had been passed down. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, you know, we pledge to take back our streets. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. So I literally, t- you know, tweeted back saying, what does that mean? No response, obviously. Well, yeah. what does that actually mean? Um, from, and the media him. won't question that. They'll, they'll, they're, they're obsessed with their own huffing their own farts mm. on the the game of politics and the pathetic sitcom. Well, not even sitcoms, but you know, soap opera. Um, ooh, who who's next in the leadership? Will so and so beat so and so? No one cares about that. We want to know how we're going to afford to heat our homes. Yeah, and and what what's going to be done about you know, people who don't have anywhere to live. Yeah. How how are they going to be supported? It, That's what people care about. But it, that doesn't they don't they don't give a shit about it because they're the kind of people who who never really have to engage with that because of their background. T- ten or twelve years ago, a politician called a racist woman racist and he was pilloried for that. And a couple of days ago Suella Braveman was rubbing her hands together and going, Oh, wouldn't it be a shame if mm. oh and like actively stoking Far right fucking brutes. Yeah. Ah, I ah yeah. uh, 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 I can't I can't do it. I can't. What I can do righteous is, anger is be a silly billy. Yeah. I, I write to my MP seriously. Um, I'm not a silly billy then, but all I can do, as well as like you know joining unions, chucking money to appropriate causes. All I can do is like be kind to my circle. Yeah. All I can do is put silliness out into the world um, to try and spread a li- to try and put a smile on somebody's face. I'm quite fortunate in that I my my job offers me opportunities to make a difference. Yes, 
which is good. And that's one I, I have deliberately maneuvered myself over the years into public sector positions where I can make a difference. Yeah. Um, I am. I hasten you to don't add. Don't make much money, but you do no, make a difference. I am not a civil servant, which means you know, which is great. Although I was at one point. I when think we you were a, a very uncivil servant. Well, yes, um, but yeah, I, I can make a difference. Um, the work that I am doing actively does, yes. which is great, and that makes it you know easier for me to get up in the morning and log into yet another interminable meeting. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's all you can do, really. Yeah. Um, and and be noisy. I think in a in a yes in a proactive way. Like, yeah, that, that's why I write to my MP. I mean, it might yeah. not change much, but if more people do it, mm. if the MP's office gets like, oh, we've got this this big uptick about this particular issue, mm. it lets them know that that is a concern rather than just every time um, I see some hot nonsense coming down the Labour policy pipeline, I always feel personal disappointment because I know one of the guys who. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to name names. But no, I know the person who is in charge of doing that. Keir Starmer's cat's boyfriend. No, it's not. It's not a politician, and I know that that person should know better. Yeah, it's really disappointing. It's it's difficult mm. being disappointed mm. with people. I remember having a conversation years and years ago at like a uni reunion thing with someone who um, I'd, I'd known. I mean, we'd gotten on well, mm. um, but she was always one of these people who's like very ambitious. Mm. You know, um, she's going she's going places and she she asked, you know, what's your career trajectory? I don't fucking know, out the window. Mm. Um, and she ended up working for Tonti Blair for a little while. And then, you know, eventually after a little bit of her going, oh, yeah, but what, are you, what, what are you planning? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not going to work for a war criminal. <laughs> Um, you know because I don't want to get blood on my hands and she sort of said something really shirty about like well you know I I don't think that's appropriate and actually you don't know anything about it you know or something like that and I was just like oh fuck off (laughs) and yeah just that kind of attitude of like being willfully blind bring back shame bring Bring back back shaming bring back bullying bring (laughs) Bring back productive bullying -bullying podcast We need to bully the Tesla fanboys. Well, we we need to bully people who think the Cybertruck looks cool. Fuck's sake. The I... only car which will restore virginity if you have sex <laughs> in the back of it. Is that your line or did you did you take that from somewhere? Because that's great. No, I saw I saw a picture on Twitter on not on Twitter, on um uh Sky? Yeah, that's my line. Because I look I looked at the car and I thought I genuinely was looking at the angles and I was like trying to imagine like a kind of classic, you know, American college couple. Mm. Like, Necking how it. how would you even manage it in that car? And then I realised that you couldn't and thought about that would have that's, to be virgins. That's good. I like this. Yeah. Having sex in this car restores your virgin. <laughs> that's good. You should tweet that. Uh, well, I blue skied it. Did you? Which is not the same I thing. should probably follow you on that. Very that's funny. a good face. There it is. Uh, um, so all that from Ghostbusters Afterlife, which again I wasn't very impressed by, no. and we ended up watching. I think well, this because there was a trailer for a new one, and I was like, "Oh, Dan Aykroyd, do you need the money? Yeah, do you probably. Need, do you He's really probably need the money? spent it on hunting aliens. Yeah, which I mean, if that's his deal, fine, bless him. But you know, surely." What's his face doesn't need Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Oh, he just wants to get stoned. He just wants to get. He, he just wants to be involved, doesn't he? I guess. Glad to be out of the house. Glad to be out of the house. Yeah, very, very disappointing. And yeah, it starting using its starting point as law rather than jokes. Yeah, that's don't don't, don't do that. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> don't do that. And like, you know, Paul Rudd's fine. He's charming. Someone else responded saying like, um, Paul Rudd 
knew he was in a Ghostbusters movie and nobody else seemed to. Everyone else thought they were in Stranger Things. Mm. And that, yeah, actually. But then Paul Rudd is usually good value. Yeah. So. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's exhausting. And I'm, I'm sad because I like, like, I like Ghostbusters. You like Ghostbusters. We should One get of my favorite the Lego things. Ecto one, and build a little Lego got room. ghost car. You, I mean, that's rich coming from you, who's got the actual McAllister house. I haven't got room Home for that alone. either. I'm gonna have to try and find somewhere to put it once it's done. Oh, I know it's such an inconvenience being bought a lovely. It is lovely. It is birthday. very lovely, but genuinely, I'm gonna have to try Can and put it on the shelf or like, wherever it is. We haven't got anywhere to no, put it. No, you put it there. That's where I'm gonna put it on this. I'm gonna put it there. It'll be fine. You can't just well, make that well, noise. I know. It's all you, you put don't, it. don't, because it stresses me out, because this is already a house of clutter, and we need to tidy it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's clutter. It is. Well, look, like, look at this. Well, yeah, that's because there's been... I, I can't be blamed for the fact that there was a global pandemic that meant we had to pivot to working from home. You got yourself a desk. There's no space for a desk for me. I can't, I can't be blamed for that. I didn't do COVID. That wasn't me. True, but you've also got like two microphones, two yeah, monitors, because we record a, podcast. a massive PC, what, how is... your work laptop, a fancy streaming setup, and a partridge in a pear tree. Which is which is fine and lovely. Which is fine and lovely, but ultimately, all you need for work is your laptop. No, I don't, because I deal with a lot of spreadsheets and stuff. I need two so monitors need monitor. for yeah. that. I need two monitors because if you're doing a load of data bump. You have a monitor for your data bump and then a monitor for what else you're doing. Fair. Also, it's nice to have nice things because this facilitates making nice things that other people that's enjoy. That's true. No, that's true. That's like, true. including people who are listening to this right now, potentially. Hello. Hello, if you're listening to this. Hello. How are you? Is that you, Martin? Hello. I don't know if we've got a listener called Martin. Maybe we do. If we have, that's weirded them out. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done, Martin. Well done, Martin. <laughs> Jen, stop it. <laughs> uh, that was good. It's yeah. a bit of fun, isn't it? You got any any jokes to bring to the table? Anything fun to say or do? What do you call a one-eyed dinosaur? Um, I don't know. What do you call a one-eyed dinosaur? Gavin. <laughs> oh, I am getting a face. Oh, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> so, do you think? He do you saw think us? he saw us? Yeah. Yeah. Why do bees hum? Because they don't know they the don't words. They don't know the words. That's my favourite joke. Nice. What goes 99 bonk? Uh, centipede with a wooden leg. That's a good joke. <laughs> That's a very good joke. But yes. Uh, why do bees hum? Because they don't know the words. Is the first joke I ever learned. Oh. Um, I thought it was very funny. Nice. That is very good. I'm, I'm doing a comedy night on Monday. You are? Two days from now. It's going to be very silly. I'm looking forward to it. Um... My idea for this might genuinely overstay its welcome, because at least just make sure it's short. And at least fine. the mime thing had a lot in the delivery, whereas this, oh just no, make, just make sure it's short. Yeah, yeah. And you did the practice of listening to the audience, so you know you can use that. To... It's going to be very stressful. The worst thing is I can't have a pint beforehand because even though I'll be talking gibberish, literal gibberish. That's harder to do after a drink, mm. which you wouldn't think it is. There's, there's genuinely a skill in, in making sounds that sound like English words but aren't. It's, it's difficult to do, and it's difficult to 
not repeat the same sound too much or sort of like mm. fall into like repetitive patterns. And yeah, you'd think like, oh, having a pint of beer a bit easier because you go, oh, spiddly moo, spiddly, but it doesn't, no. it doesn't work. You can't no. do it. And so I'm just going to have to like raw dog intense anxiety. Um, That's okay. I mean, I, I do that. A lot of yeah, the time. Exactly. Those flowers are nice. Aren't they pretty? Guy bought me some lovely autumnal flowers. I did, because I'm a lovely husband. Yeah, very, very nice. I am very nice. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, name the top three creatures that you saw on the walk today, please. Um, there was a good crow. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed the rabbit's butt. There was a rabbit's butt. That was very good. Uh, um... And it's a toss-up between, I think, I enjoy, so there were two little dogs particularly that I enjoyed. The first one was the one with bells on. Yes. There was a dog in a harness. That was a disgrace. A dog in a harness with loads of bells on. And it was one of those harnesses where you can just pick up the dog like a briefcase. <laughs> As it paddles its yeah. legs helplessly. <laughs> uh, and there was also a dog uh, which was going mad for a ball. Which that was, was very really good. good. I'd say the little round bird that we saw in the cafe area. That was really good. That that's high up. I like I like seeing a horse. We've we've discussed yeah. this. They've they've got the big Mister Clip Clops, and I like it. Doctor Clops is Dr. here to Klops. see you. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Doctor Clops. Doctor Clops, let's got it going, Ops. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, right at the end of the walk, spectacular Jack Russell puppy. Oh yeah, that was. It was a puppy. That was it incredible. was tiny. Oh, and it was so <laughs> exciting. Oh, it was lovely. That, that was lovely. That was good. Really, I liked that. really good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that very much. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that, that bird that we saw when we were sitting on the bench outside the cafe was good. That was good. It was very round. We saw some good robins. We did. Having their we got little, yelled at. Their little spicy shouts. Yeah. It's good to get yelled at by a robin. It is good to get yelled at. It puts you in your place. It does, yeah. yeah. It's, it's being taken down a peg or two. Mm. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's me told. Mm. Yeah. Shall we? Oh, we've we've done very well without having yours. Oh, Sorry that, about that. Oh, that's just set me yeah. oh, no. Shall we talk about Agarfield? Oh dear, this is good listening. Agarfield. Agarfield. Well, this is some law, what? isn't it? This Garfield. Well, no, this is, is this is Mortimer Mouse still. Oh, yeah. um, this this feels like law. Is this the first? No, is it? No. This isn't I don't the first think so, time, no, because no, we've we've had a, no. a lasagna-based episode before. Panel the first. John is on the left. Garfield's on the right. John is eating a pile of nondescript pink foam. It looks like mush. He's holding a fork. He's chewing. His mouth situations are fucking disaster. It, he's either the, chewing or he's about to like blow a trumpet. His his nose and mouth is completely incomprehensible to, to humanize. It makes him look like an old woman. A little bit, yeah. Um, he's looking contemplative. One arm is on what I assume ooh, is the ooh, table. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh, ooh. what if that's the mouth? Oh! Yeah, it makes him look like an old woman, like a, doesn't it? Like the image that's either the beautiful lady or the crone. Depending yeah, on how like, you I think it's it. supposed to be like his lower lip, but actually, what if that is his whole mouth? I really dislike his face in this. It's it's hella bad. It's really unpleasant. Folks, it's hella bad. But conversely, I quite like Garfield's face in this. Yeah, he looks very peaceful. His eyes are eyes are closed, his head's tilted back. He's got one he's arm purring. resting on the table. And yeah, he's he's looking kind of... He's he's trying to look charming, I think. Mm. Uh, he's saying purr. Panel two, I think this is quite funny. So the, the purr in the first panel isn't in a speech bubble. 
It's just a waggly little line pointing to it, and it's purr with four R's. It's quite small. Mm. It's, it's, it's moderate. Whereas, whereas panel two, the purr is in a speech bubble and takes up almost a third of the frame. Mm. Um, purr with three R's, very big, the letters are all waggly. They're quite furry. Um, Garfield, fuzzy. Garfield's There's eyes, a violence to this There's purr. a violence to the yeah. purr, um, which, if I remember, is the title of the episode. Mm. Uh, Garfield's eyes are narrowed. His ears are set back. Oh, no, I like the ears he's are got, set back. His, his, his brow is furrowed. He looks quite mm. cross here. Yes. Yeah, his um, ears are set back as well. He's good. leaning forwards as well. He's leaning into it. Uh, John's eyes his are now wide. His mouth is set in determination. John is shocked. His hand that is on the table is now splayed. The fork is leaping out of his hand. Uh, he is very shocked and startled. Panel three, there's a swoosh line as John moves his plate of lasagna, for that is what it is we find out as John says, have some lasagna, Garfield, dot, dot, dot. And then Garfield is purring again. There's like a little smile He's on his face. He's resumed his placid expression. His eyes are closed. And it, yeah, it's a, it's a benevolent, happy face. You know what? I quite like the three different Garfields here. I think there's an element of charm. Yeah. To the first yeah. and third. I think there's a lot of character to the middle one with the way the ears are sent pointed backwards. Yeah. But it's giving a cat some lasagna. Ha ah, ha, he likes the person food, doesn't he? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. There is an element ah. of that. Um, yeah. <sighs> I don't, there's not much to say about it, really. I don't think. It's, you know, it's obviously a piece of deep Garfield lore. Mm. Um, but my attitude towards it is one of mixed. Just absolute neutrality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, Garfield wanted that lasagna. Mm. John should have given Garfield his lasagna. Oh, early lasagna is John, this first mention of lasagna. John should have known not to have lasagna near Garfield. Garfield looks so pleased he's got lasagna now. Wow, that's a big purr. Any other thoughts? No, that's pretty much it, really. That's pretty much it. Let's have a look. Yeah. Let's see if we're right. Only 12 comments, so it should be quite quick. That doesn't look like lasagna over 12 years ago, but there is a reply. I knew it was going to be Vulo, uh. the face borrower. Um, it looks like an ear, a human one. He looks like he's eating a human ear. Hi, I'm a premium member, and I like that you notice the lasagna not looking like lasagna. Consider getting a premium membership. It's a great value. Who I don't is this know person what, again? I don't know. I don't know what game they're playing, but they're no. playing their own game, and I can't, I can't fault that. Yeah, they're having enough. their own if fun. They're, if they're happy. Um, about 11 years ago, MI says, well, it takes aggression to get what you want. Not really, you can be kind. Mm. Kindness works yeah. as well. Poor John doesn't even get to eat, says Angel Princess 72. Uh, Garfield, king of demands. I Yeah. You know what? Fair. That's not Fair. dreadful, no. Garfield, king of demands. King of demands. I think Davis should have written growl instead of purr. Oh, do you? Love to laugh. Hey, there's three How, replies to that. Who fucking cares? <laughs> That sounded like genuine bitterness. Yeah, well, oh, it, oh, I hate the comments. I hate them. I hate um, them with my No, life. no, no. It's the fact that he's purring that makes it funny, says Frankie54. No, no, no. 66. It's the fact that he's purring that is supposed to be the joke. Mm. Um, Boizel, besides, growling is too dog-like. Okay. Jake the dog, Garfield has barked before. This is true. Okay, on to more comments. Fluffy THM. This might be the least oh, appetising de it. depiction of lasagna I've ever seen. I hate it. This is like being in maths. <laughs> Reading the comments is like being in a maths lesson. Garfield can't get enough of his favourite treat. 
Catherine genuinely looks like she's lost the will to live here. I think it's because, like, as an adult, I no longer really have to do Things the kinds that you... of... That I really, really don't want to, you know. Well, I, I still do, but they're kind of grown-up things. Whereas as a child, it's like, no, we're going to yeah. the furniture shop. No, we're going to look at caravans. No, you've got to sit for three hours while we have grown-up conversation. And this feels like that. This feels like sitting in maths. That looks more like a brain than a lasagna. <sighs> while a lot of this podcast has been actively helpful in... I've just not, taken not psychic sh- damage. Not shoring up our marriage, but I do think our marriage has improved as a result of doing this because it gives us a set space to be silly. And also to discuss, yeah. you know, how my brain interacts with the world, how your brain interacts with the world, and how we've both sort of come to, to develop... Better understanding of, of our different communication preferences. Yes. And then we get to the comments, and I feel like it undoes a lot of yeah, the good work that's been done. It just does a lot done. of psychic damage. Yeah hate it it's not great is it no. do you know what is great all the people who go to patreon.com slash idlm podcast and chuck us a couple of quid idlm podcast yeah that's it a couple of quid every month to keep the lights on to uh, help pay for hosting encourage us to do this and to bullshit. encourage us to do this bullshit um it's delightful and we do really appreciate you yes thank you there are no adverts on this podcast apart nope. from poor and podcasts never will not be. podcasts pop tarts the delicious food for your human mouth um so yeah we don't want to sell you mattresses or underwear subscription boxes or mattress subscription underwear does it always change like that when it's on the minute it change I, I don't think it's every minute but it does that every now oh, and again okay. it's good isn't it yeah sorry that was a weird clock that guy has on his desk i like it it's nice isn't it um yeah we, we're not gonna advertise so give us some fucking money <laughs> Wow! <laughs> All right. Oh, I, I. If somebody asked me like that, I'd be. You know what? I, I admire that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but yes, we do appreciate that. Um, if you don't want to give us any money or can't afford to, reasonable. Fine. Um, so two things you can do: you can go fuck yourself. You can. <laughs> this belligerence leave us a rating or a review that's, yeah that's fine thank you and delightful. telling people about it is a massive tell your friends hey i listened to this garfield yeah, podcast yeah. wait where are you going come back it's not like that i promise just s- spread the word on social media because i think i think genuinely this could a be entertaining and be helpful for <laughs> a lot of people no i mean that you know and it would be nice to get a bigger audience helpful yeah helpful is this helpful yeah i think so i think we're occasionally thoughtful yeah uh, <laughs> you got send any, us emails have you got any anguished howls you'd like to emit no, send us emails send oh, us yeah. stuff idlmpodcast at gmail.com we've still got that letter from Dr. Wright that I've not read out um, oh, anything else from me not at this stage any, no any anguished howls after uh, I sort of went no I think I'm alright for an anguished howl are you sure yeah we can go back to the comments I'm getting a bit of like a headache to, so. to top that up yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for listening. We do appreciate you. Look after yourselves and those around you. Um, kindness is good and important. So we are fundamentally a social species for whom kindness, collaboration, and um, compassion are our primary emotional drivers. And anyone who is suggesting otherwise has an agenda for doing so. Should be kicked in the rump. 
No, I just genuinely think that's it. Yeah. When when people are faced with an emergency or a crisis, they will invariably look out for other people. Yeah. With the, very, the f- very notable few exceptions. So this has been the Garfield podcast about the fundamental goodness of humanity. Yeah. How do you feel about Mondays, Catherine? Well, I can fuck off. Bye. <laughs>